You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I had the privilege to attend this year's March for Life in Washington, D.C., and I think I'm still processing the magnitude of this event. Uh, In this Coffee Hour episode, you'll hear some of my own personal reflection, uh, as well as some of the conversations I was able to have as we walked along Constitution Avenue up to the Supreme Court. Before we even arrived at the march, our LCMS group participated in a divine service offered as part of the LCMS Life Conference. Uh, this really set the tone for the rest of the day. Reverend Christopher Asget from Emanuel Lutheran Church in Alexandria, Virginia, gave us what would probably become our, our marching words for that day. We are not here to protest. We are here to confess think we kept repeating that to ourselves throughout the rest of the day and the rest of the weekend Uh, and I think that's really stuck in our heads I know I had to post it on social media right away because because it was such an important thing uh, for for me to remember as as we went out there and 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 me being uh, a, a new person to this march I didn't really know what to expect you know we were we were there to confess what we believe about life and what we believe about Jesus as the savior uh, for sinners what we believe about God as the creator of all human beings. Uh, That was a powerful message to replay uh, in my head as we gathered together on the National Mall. My initial reaction uh, after the event was over uh, was this. uh, Where else do you get the opportunity to do this, to march together with hundreds of thousands of other people from all over the world, to stand together for the voiceless, for those who can't march for themselves. I think I I got chills as we began singing the first hymns as we started moving from our our gathering spot uh, on the National Mall. I was utterly aware of the confession we were giving, uh, especially as President Harrison uh, gave us an invocation before the march. It got got really real, what what we were there for, what we were doing. The gravity of the march wasn't lost on me either. Uh, millions of babies have been ab- aborted since Roe v. Wade. That, that, is, that is a grave thing to think about. At the same time, we marched joyfully in the grace and love of our Savior because, after all, it is always all about Jesus and what he has done for us. We got to witness our faith during the march, singing hymns, confessing our faith, sharing the hope we have in the death and resurrection of Jesus. So first, let's hear from President Harrison as we walked along Constitution Feel Avenue. Feel free to say hi to people on Facebook, too. Oh, yeah, you can do Hi. Here we go. Hi, Facebook. <laughs> I'm here with Reverend Dr. Matthew Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We're in the middle of the March for Life and uh, making, <laughs> our way, making our way down to the Supreme Court. Thanks for joining me for a couple minutes while we're walking. Wonderful. What does it mean uh, for the Lutheran Church to be a part of this march? Well, it's an opportunity for us to confess our faith in the public square. There are a lot of people that have various reasons for being pro-life, and we have ours too. Many of our reasons agree with many others. Some things disagree, but uh, this is an opportunity to stand up and say, uh, you know, 61 million abortions in the United States is enough. And we've had, because of, in large measure, because of the leadership of the United States on this issue, we have 1.5 billion estimated abortions worldwide since Roe v. Wade. So this is an abomination. It's, uh, you know, 61 million deaths is astronomically more than all the deaths of all wars America ever fought in. So 
the crisis is continues and it's it's frankly ridiculous and the more light is shed on it the more uh, people become pro-life because the science and everything else is crystal clear these are living babies whose hearts start beating very early and they should be protected Absolutely. And we're here this year as part of the LTMS Life Conference, uh, and the theme for that this year is Joyfully Alive, Body and Soul. How do we bring that theme to our marching as we're here today in this crowd? Yeah, well, I think this is really, for, for people who have come on the march before, you know it's really kind of a spectacle. It's a really joyful event, despite a, a few crazies here. Uh, there's some <laughs> over there right now as we're coming yeah, but, people uh, might be able to hear that one. And we have some real <laughs> crazy people yelling at us for being pro Santa Claus behind us. But generally, this is the rule: the louder the megaphone, the crazier the uh, witness that's being given. But we're joyful. Um, we've been gifted with life. It, the first article is a wonderful, wonderful gift, and the second article is that Christ is given into our flesh, takes on flesh. He sanctifies life. And the third article, uh, through faith we are sanctified, and our lives are holy and precious. And so ours is a joyous message through and through, a message of forgiveness for anybody and everybody, no matter what they've done, if they've had abortions or doesn't matter. Christ is for sinners. And that's a constant joyous message. Absolutely. What makes the our group's approach to this march unique from the other groups that are here? Well, we can sing, you know. <laughs> Nobody else knows how to sing. Well, most of these people are Roman Catholics and they're great, great people, but Catholics can't sing. We all know that. So we Lutherans sing. And, and typical of the Missouri Center, we have at least three different groups here singing three different hymns at various times. Yeah, it, was, so. it, was, it wasn't around quite a bit for a while there. Yeah. What is your advice or encouragement to people who are considering coming to an event like this, but are maybe don't know if it's something that they want to be a part of? Oh, look, bottom line is just fantastic. Uh, fantastic to be out here with people of light conviction. There's smiles all around. The spirit is great. Uh, there's no kind of heavy religious thumbprint on things. Uh, we got to hear the vice president speak today and the president spoke also his commitment to uh, being pro-life. Uh, the vice president was present with us and then uh, a number of religious leaders were on the stage and recognized by everybody. So it's a great event. It's not a religiously heavy-handed thing. It's just really wonderful. What about this event makes you hopeful for the future of, of the, the church and the pro-life movement? Well, the great thing is that you've got all these people, especially young people, but you've got all these people who are pro-life, and they're also dedicated to caring for the least and the, the needy, and they do it. Um, hundreds and hundreds, perhaps thousands of institutions, churches, and uh, pregnancy crisis pregnancy centers, and uh, hospitals and social ministry organizations are represented by the people in these lines. And so they do, we do, we care for people, millions and millions of people. The Missouri Senate is pro-life and that means we care for people throughout the stages of life and we collect millions and millions of dollars to do that. Absolutely. And uh, have been doing it for a long, long time. And that's just, that's just the national church. Think of everything that local congregations do, which is probably hundred times what we do 
together in the National Synod. Yeah. Uh, one more question. How do we, uh, who, who are attending here, take this uh, this vibe and carry it into our vocations as, as we live out among, among the, our, our neighbors? You know, there's just something valuable about standing up and saying, this is where I stand. Here I stand. I'm pro-life no matter what they heap upon us, no matter what uh, nastiness people say about us. This is who we are, and this is who we're going to be. Come what may, come hell or high water, doesn't matter. You know, when I testified before Congress uh, in 2012, uh, I could have never imagined that I would be ridiculed on Saturday Night Live and then the whole ridiculous alleged war on women and Sandra Flock and everything that, that came out of that testimony was just bizarre. Uh, but I do it again in a heartbeat. Because there's an opportunity to speak of Christ and testify to the truth. And nothing will keep us from speaking the truth. And this event is great for young people because they, they get to stand up and say what's true. And it sets a course for their life. It's great. As I look at a lovely young lady right there. <laughs> Thanks, President Harrison, for joining me. Okay, God bless. Thank you very much. Yep. Some March participants brought their families along. Uh, there were a lot of babies, a lot of toddlers, a lot of families together, a lot of parents with their with their high school age children. Uh, and, and one of those families uh, was Reverend Dr. Al Espinosa, who came with his family from California. Uh, he was also part of the Life Conference. He gave uh, a few of the homilies for evening prayer services. So he was he was a part of this event the whole weekend, uh, and I got to catch up with him during the march. So let's hear from Pastor Espinosa, uh, and he talks a little bit about why it's important for him to be at the march uh, and also to bring along his family and what he finds so encouraging about the march. Pastor Al can warn me because I'm walking backwards. If I'm going to trip yeah, or anything, I will warn you. So far, so good. Though there is a stroller now, it's it's, it's passing by. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm here with Reverend Dr. Al Espinosa. Uh, while we're at the March for Life, we haven't quite made it all the way down Constitution yet. But uh, thanks for joining me for just a couple of minutes while we're while we're walking together. My privilege, honor, <laughs> love it. Uh, now, is this the first time you've been to the March for Life? Or no, this is my been? this is my third March for Life okay. and my third Life Conference with oh, the LCMS. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, how does this March compare to marches you've been to before? Well, uh, we have a bigger turnout uh, than the first two I attended back in 215 and 217. So it's exciting to see our numbers grow. Uh, there seems to be a trend. This is catching on more and more in the LCMS. We see the fervor to defend the unborn and the elderly and those who have disabilities. We are speaking for those who cannot speak for themselves and we're giving glory to the Lord Jesus who died for all and rose for all. Wouldn't want to miss it. I just don't want to miss it anymore. I keep coming back. That's good. Yeah. And encouraging more people to come with you. Absolutely. All the have, time. Do you have your family with you this time? I have my 16-year-old daughter, Catherine. Uh -huh. My sister, Susan, and my niece, Lene, are from Bakersfield. <laughs> Myself and my daughter are from Irvine, California, where my church is. That's awesome. Why was it important to, to have you together as a family at the march? Well, uh, for years and years, my sister and I have always been pro-life. We have encouraged one another as uh, not only brother and sister by blood, but brother and sister in the Lord. And we were excited about bringing our two youngins with us, the two teenagers, so that we would encourage and equip the next generation to keep defending the unborn. Absolutely. What do you hope that they get out of this? That they see the greater body of Christ, to see they're not alone as they stand for life. Um, 
you know, it is so important to encourage one another and all the more as the day approaches. That presupposes we have people around us who have a common confession and they see that they have brothers and sisters that make them stronger as they stand for Christ. So yeah, very important. Yeah. What, what encourages you about being here in the midst of all of these other people? Well, it, you know, it uh, brings our faith out in terms of a practical expression. We believe in proper doctrine and practice. This leads us to live out our faith, to practice that which we confess, to witness to the world, to say we are not ashamed of the gospel, the power of God unto salvation. That is not just some dogmatic statement, but it expresses itself in actually witnessing to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, including the unborn. And of course, John the Baptist reminds us of that, doesn't he? As he leapt in the womb of his mother Elizabeth when they came close to Mary and Jesus. Absolutely. Pastor Espinosa, thanks for joining me. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. And thanks for joining us on Facebook, too. You got it, man. <laughs> We'll be back with more conversations from the 2019 March for Life right after this. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. Remember that during the Epiphany season, we are not only being reminded as to who Jesus is, but his reason for being here on earth. So on the next Monday's Law and Gospel, we'll continue with a reading from the following Sunday. Listen to Law and Gospel weekday mornings beginning at 930 on KFUO. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. <laughs> Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're taking some time to reflect on the March for Life, um, hearing uh, some reflections from people that I was able to catch up with as we were walking, um, and some of my own personal reflections, uh, having to do, doing this over, over the air, over, over the internet, you know, as I process through this, as I talk to more people, thinking back over the conversations that I had, it's um, being the first time that I've, I've been to this march, it was a very, uh, very poignant experience for me. And I, I'm actually really looking forward to next year, hopefully being able to do it again and being able to come into the experience with a little bit of perspective, a little bit more perspective of what's actually uh, happening. Though uh, infrequent, we did encounter some counter-protesters during the march. Uh, some of it was a little weird, a little awkward, um, just a little confusing what the people were, were there for, what they were saying. Uh, some were saying we weren't hardcore enough against abortion. Some were being very derogatory against the, the Catholics that we were marching which, with, uh, which was a, a very strange 
experience. Uh, as we passed one of these groups, the Reverend Michael Salamink, who is dire- executive director of Lutherans for Life, um, began speaking about how these protesters would not deflate the joy that we have in Christ. Let's listen into this conversation with him. Sullying the joy and the hope of the March for Life with uh, a message of anger, message of hatred. Now, as Lutherans, uh, we confess a doctrine that is in some cases different from the Roman Catholic Church, but this is neither the time nor the place nor the tone with which to address such a thing. The March for Life is a a march of joy and hope, a march of love, a march of God's grace. We are not going to allow the spirit of division, the spirit of Satan, to overcloud the great gift of life which God has given. What does it mean for us to march with a gospel focus? It means that um, we are marching, recognizing that every human being is a treasure, is a precious gift from God. Every human being from the moment of fertilization has been created by God's own hands in the womb of our mothers. He's knit us together. That shows how precious we are. Every human being has been redeemed by Jesus Christ who entered the womb at the moment of fertilization so that he might sanctify every human life, no matter what our age is, what we look like, or what we can do. Every human being is called by God through his Holy Spirit to be part of his everlasting family. And so not only are all members of the human race, whatever their size, um, not only are they precious to God, but they are privileges to us. And so we treat even the people who disagree with us, not just with respect, uh, but with God's own grace, reaching out to them so that they might also know that Jesus' love and Jesus' family are for them. Our mission here is not to overturn Roe v. Wade, although uh, it would make us very happy if that happened. Our mission is not just to elect pro-life leaders and pass life-affirming legislation, although in our civic vocations we work very hard to that end. Our mission is not even to end abortion, well, uh, although uh, we pray to God daily that that will happen. Our mission is something much higher. We aim to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to bear on the hearts of every hurting human being because we, we believe that once people know by God's grace, once they entrust themselves uh, to his compassion and his salvation and his forgiveness, that their hearts do change and with changed hearts come changed lives and changed laws. How do we take those things out into our daily vocations? The most important things we can do, number one, are to celebrate the gifts of life as God gives them to us. So pregnancies, weddings, birthdays, especially milestone birthdays, birthdays of the elderly. um, We celebrate those. We celebrate uh, our own parents, our own children. Um, We affirm and appreciate Uh, People who make difficult choices to defend life, like stay-at-home moms or parents of large families or even those who struggle with infertility. Um, And we treat the people around us with compassion, um, always sharing the message of God's truth with them in love so that they might be spared from the consequences of the devil's deceptions and join us in God's kingdom forever so that we may share life with them. Absolutely. Reverend Michael Salomon, Executive Director of Lutherans for Life. Thanks for Thanks talking. Thanks be to God. I think one of the things that sticks in my head uh, still, and one of my first reactions, uh, is is the amount of freedom that we have in this country to actually be able to participate in an event like this. Uh, at one point, 
our entire LCMS group stopped and, uh, and, and led by President Harrison, we all read the First Amendment to the Constitution as it was written on the side of a building, which I believe was the museum. Uh, that was an interesting experience because we weren't uh, we weren't confessing the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer as we had been doing, uh, but we were reading together something from our government. Uh, but that that plays into uh, our beliefs as as Lutherans about two kingdoms and how we live as Lutherans in this world under the government. As Lutherans, we believe that the the government is set in place by God for our good, and therefore we pray for our leaders during our worship services. So I got to uh, talk with the Reverend Dr. Greg Seltz, Executive Director of the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty, which is located in Washington, D.C., about some of this, uh, some of these things about religious freedom. Let's let's listen into this. Uh, I'm here with Reverend Dr. Greg Seltz, the Executive Director of the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty here at the March for Life. Uh, why is why is it important for Lutherans to be a part of, of such a huge event like this? Well, I always tell people uh, part of our job as Christians is to make sure that we tell people that God has ordered the world for our own blessing. And that's not just for Christians, it's for everybody. And so we're out affirming some basic things, some basic fundamentals of what it means to be a human being. And life is a fundamental essence of what it means to be a human being uh, and striving to be what God has created and redeemed us to be. Absolutely. What what excites you or, or what makes you hopeful about being at this event this year? I just, I love the energy of it. I love it, the fact that it's so positive. It's an affirmation. I mean, we got to say what we're against because there's some horrible things that, that still happen uh, in the name of anti, uh, anti-life uh, initiatives. But when you see that people are affirming life here. That's what this is all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that, that you would say to encourage people who are thinking about coming to a march like this here or, or in their hometowns? Well, again, you've got to participate in these things to see what we're actually telling you about. And so come do it firsthand. But again, just realize that it, what a positive message we're bringing. It, that, that's the thing. That's what this is all about. So when you get out and see it, it actually gives you confidence that uh, this kind of work is really beneficial. Absolutely. And, and uh, what does it mean for us to join hands with other Christians uh, who aren't who aren't Lutheran but believe the same thing that we do well, about can, about the sanctity of life? You know, the world is a is a tough place, and and so Christians have a, a message and a, and a fundamental message that blesses us and blesses people beyond us. Well, you're seeing that when you see other Christians join hands on these fundamental issues of life and liberty. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Pleasure. So finally, my last conversation. Uh, this one, this one is is very special to me. Um, it was very encouraging to see the crowds upon crowds of young people, and in the march, uh, there were high schoolers, college students, uh, grade school students, young toddlers, babies being carried by their moms. Uh, it was just so cool to see the, the full spectrum of life marching along, uh, singing and talking with each other. All of these children are being brought up to respect the sanctity of life, to know that God is the author of life and that we should love each other as Christ has loved us, which is so important. I learned uh, several weeks ago that my high school, Lutheran Westland in Westland, Michigan, would be attending the march. And I was really hoping to catch up with them at some point, uh, which in a crowd of hundreds of thousands of people is really hard to do. And I hadn't seen them the whole march, you know, the first hour and a half that we were that we were walking down Constitution. And then at one point, as we approached Capitol Hill, all of a sudden I see my high school letter jackets in front of us. And I was like, oh, hey, I found them. How cool. 
So I got to catch up with Janine Wiley, who is a teacher at Lutheran Westland, and get her perspective on on the students uh, and, and what it means for her and, and those students to be there at the march. I'm here with Janine Wiley, a teacher at Lutheran High School Westland, which is actually my alma mater. So this is a really cool personal thing for me to, to find my uh, high school during the March for Life. Uh, we've just about made it to the Supreme Court uh, as we're walking along here. So uh, thank you for joining me for just a couple of minutes. Thank you for asking me. This is really exciting. Absolutely. So is, is this your first time at the march or have you been this here before? This is my first time and the first time we brought kids. Uh, Valley Lutheran invited us to come with them. Yeah. Um, they come every other year. So so we have 13 kids here and two adults That's, with our group. That is awesome. Uh, what what made the kids uh, want to do this? Um, I talked to them a little bit in chapel about how important it was. And then we offered the opportunity. Um, and someone gave them some scholarships so they could come if they wanted to. And um, it was kids who really wanted to do this a lot. Yeah. To feel passionately about it. Yeah. So this is your first year. Uh, what, what have you seen? What has made an impact on you? You know, I really, we did a youth rally last night, which I think was mostly um, with the Catholic Church, especially it looked like. And they got to hear some great, really inspirational speakers, young women, um, a grandpa, all different kinds of people, and they love that. And then just see the sheer amount of people here today and how everyone from Jewish people, Christian people, secular people, all getting along on this issue and knowing how important it is. Yeah, yeah, we were, we're, we're pretty much at the, the end of the march, and I know at some point we you could see up the hill and, and the people just <laughs> lining the street. The hill. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Uh, and your daughter is with you as yes. well. Yes. What does it mean uh, to you to have, have your daughter along with you on this? I am so excited that she has heard about being pro-life and that she is so excited about it herself because I think young people going into colleges need to understand it so they can talk to their friends. Their friends who need help and counseling are going to talk to teenagers, not to adults. Yeah. What, what do you hope the kids get out of this as they move forward uh, and you mentioned uh, going to college? What do you hope they'll, they'll take away from this as they move on? I hope that they are able to maybe go back to the school and start a group, yeah. um, that they're able to talk to their friends, that they can take this with them as they go into college and talk to their friends who are going to be mostly pro-choice and explain to them really what it is. Absolutely. Uh, what, what makes you hopeful being here today or what are you, what are you going to go home and, and tell everybody about? I'm just so amazed how many high school and college students there are. Like really, really a lot of high school and college students and they're the ones who, you know, their passion is just contagious. Absolutely. I love it. And I love hearing all the prayers that people are offering and the speakers. It's great. Yeah. Dean Wiley, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Sarah. So I know that there are still things that I'll be processing over the next weeks and months, especially with our current political climate and, and atmosphere and, and the the attitude towards abortion as it continues to shift in this country. All of the recent things in the news, um, it's it's heartbreaking to uh, to process through some of these things. Also knowing that uh, God's will will be done and that we trust in him for all things. Uh, I do know though that that we must keep fighting for those who can't for the unborn children whom god has created for the aging loved ones in our families who need respect and dignity as they near death as pastor as so eloquently stated at the pre-march divine service 
We are not here to protest. We are here to confess to the world Christ in whom is life. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO, the listener-supported broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit kfuo.org or text KFUO to 41444. KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere.